0: This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I do not think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day! Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hey there and welcome to episode number nine of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff and once again I'll be your host for this podcast journey to what I consider one of the greatest cities on the planet. Fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada aka Sin City. As has become the routine before we get things rolling for this episode there's some housekeeping tidbits I need to take care of. First off, thank you, thank you, thank you. If things keep going the way they are, by the time this episode is uploaded, we will have broken 1,500 downloads of the show. I was blown away last week when we'd broken 1,000 downloads, but as the numbers keep growing, I just keep being more and more amazed by the fact that people are finding this podcast, listening to the episodes, sharing them with their friends, and connecting with me via Twitter and Facebook. Speaking of which, if you haven't done so already, please give me a follow on social media at JeffDoesVegas. As mentioned, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and also on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean so you'll be instantly notified as soon as new episodes are uploaded. And if you want to take a trip back in time and check out past episodes, including episodes about tips and tricks on who to watch out for on the strip, how to budget for your next Vegas trip, or past trip reports to get ideas for what to check out on your next Vegas vacation, visit the archives at JeffDoesVegas.com. All right, time to get this episode officially underway. I wanted to start off the show by thanking everyone for their feedback on the last episode, which, if you missed it, was all about the polarizing topic of bringing kids to Las Vegas. As I'd said in the intro to that show, on the surface, the topic doesn't seem all that controversial. But if you're a regular on any of the Vegas-related Facebook pages, you know just how shit sideways things can go and how fast that can happen as soon as someone even dares to raise the question. In fact, I got to experience a little bit of that vitriol. I posted a link to the episode on a couple of different Facebook pages and was almost immediately bombarded with nasty replies from people telling me, ''Kids don't belong in Vegas.'' These were people who'd clearly not listened to the episode, especially since the show was 49 minutes long, and they were replying within seconds of me posting the link. Regardless, lots of folks chimed in with messages on Facebook and Twitter, commending me on my fair and balanced presentation of the subject. Probably the best piece of feedback I got was on Twitter, and it came from Terry Dean, a.k.a. Travel Casino Guy, who said, I enjoyed the show and the direction you went with it. I couldn't agree more with Danish Tour Guide and concur with your summary at the end. You practically described my family trip to a T. Vegas was an in-and-out destination for a bigger trip and went very well. Again, thanks to all of last week's guests, and if you haven't heard the episode yet, I highly recommend you go back and check it out for yourself on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or at JeffDoesVegas.com. Look for episode number 8. Honestly, I think it's one of my best shows yet. Now, on to this week's topic. Speaking of feedback, this week's subject of discussion actually came from one of the show's listeners. Brandon dropped me a line via Facebook. He said, hey Jeff, I was wondering if you might do a podcast debating staying on the Strip versus staying on Fremont Street. My wife and I prefer Fremont, but would love to hear your opinions. Keep up the great work. My response? Awesome idea, Brandon. So let's do it. Best way to go into this topic is by looking at the pros and cons of staying off the Strip, whether that's downtown on Fremont Street or at what I like to call one of the fringe Strip properties like the Westgate, the SLS, or the Stratosphere, at any of the other off-strip resorts, or even by renting an Airbnb. So let's start with the pros. Pro number one, there's the cost. There's no doubt that staying off the Strip is going to save you money in several different ways, the main one being the cost of the room. Chances are you're going to find significant savings by booking a room at a location other than the Strip. To get an idea of the difference in room rates, I jumped onto a third-party hotel booking site and pulled three random nights in March, March 18th to 21st. Downtown on Fremont Street, I was able to find rooms anywhere from 40 to $70 a night. By comparison, prime location hotels on the Strip for those same dates started at around $90 a night and went all the way up to $200 a night or more. Also, by staying off the strip, you're going to be saving on resort fees, which, for those who may not be familiar, are the extra fees that Vegas hotels like to charge for access to things like Wi-Fi, the gym, the business center, stuff like that. On average, resort fees for off-strip properties are anywhere from $15 a day all the way up to $30 a day, with some properties having no daily fee, meaning you'll only pay for what you need. Compare that with the Strip, where the fees usually start at around $35 a day and go up to $45 a day on the high end. Another thing to keep in mind if you're bringing a vehicle to town or renting a car. Most off-strip hotels offer free self-parking to their guests or roll it into part of the amenities included with their resort fees, as opposed to the Strip, where the big companies like MGM and Caesars Properties charge daily for self-parking at many of their properties, and free parking without holding some sort of status with the resort is almost non-existent. Another cost-saving you'll find off the Strip is with food and drinks. Through my own experiences, I've found restaurants to be anywhere from 15 to 20% cheaper on Fremont Street than at similar restaurants over on the Strip. As for alcohol, I've found huge differences there. It's not hard to walk along the Fremont Street experience, popping in and out of the casinos, grabbing a beer for 2 or $3. That same beer is likely going to run you $10 or more along the Strip. Same deal with cocktails in the casino lounges on Fremont. You're going to find that your dollar goes way further there than it would on the Strip at a place like the Chandelier Bar in the Cosmo, where a basic cocktail could run you $15 and up. Pro number two, better gambling off the Strip. Now, I personally am not much of a gambler. If you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know that I'm a very low roller. For me, a big night out is dropping $100 into a penny slot, and I'm so not a table game player. It terrifies me. However, in looking online and speaking with several of my friends who are frequent Vegas visitors and gamblers, they tell me that the slot payouts seem to be more frequent, the odds seem to be better, although still in favor of the house, And the table games usually have much lower minimum bets, meaning you can make your gambling budget go further. And pro number three, less people. If you're like me and not a fan of crowds, then you'll love being off the Strip. Over 40 million people travel to Las Vegas every year, and the Strip is the epicenter of tourism for the city. If you happen to be in Vegas on a weekend or during a major convention, it's often wall to wall people, which, let's face it, can be damn annoying. Traffic on the roads trying to get around, long lines at hotel check-in, crowded casinos, jam-packed bars and restaurants, none of these things are enjoyable when you're looking for an escape from reality. As such, staying off the strip is a great option for you to avoid dealing with the crowds. Now, to keep things fair and balanced, let's look at the cons of staying off the strip. Con number one, there isn't as much to do off the strip. Now, when I say this, I don't mean there's nothing to do off the strip. There's lots of great things to do all over Las Vegas that don't involve spending time on the strip. But when it comes to sheer volume and density of things to do, you simply can't beat the strip. You can literally step out of your hotel onto Las Vegas Boulevard and be in the middle of all the action. You've got hundreds of restaurants, bars, attractions, and shopping all within walking distance of your hotel. Con number two, being off the Strip isn't as glitzy or glamorous. Let's face it, the Strip is the Vegas you know and love. It's what you've seen on TV and in movies. It's where all the big hotels, casinos, and resorts are. It's flashing lights and interesting people. When you think Vegas, chances are you think the Strip. And con number three, transportation costs. This can be a big one. If you stay off the strip but plan on spending a lot of time on the strip, whether it's for shows, shopping, meals, or attractions, you're going to end up spending a fair bit of cash on getting around. Remember all that money I said you could save on things like room rates and resort fees? Count on that cash being eaten up by your transportation costs. For example, using rideshare from downtown to a mid strip hotel is probably going to run you around 15 bucks plus a tip. So let's say $40 round trip. Three trips to and from the strip, there's 120 bucks out of your pocket. Planning on cabs instead of rideshare, you can probably bump that up to $25 each way plus a tip. So closer to $60 round trip. Meaning three trips to and from the strip from downtown is now costing you $180 out of pocket. Want to knock that down a bit? You could take the bus, either the Deuce or the SDX. Three day pass for the bus is $20, so again, that'll save you money. But then, you need to figure in the time you'll spend riding the bus. It'll be somewhere from 30 to 45 minutes each way, depending on traffic and where you're getting off. And if you need to be somewhere for a specific time, you probably don't want to risk the bus. If you're staying at one of the non-downtown off-strip hotels and you're not bringing your own vehicle, you may want to rent a car to be able to get around. However, again, you're now pretty much eliminating any savings you're getting by staying off strip in paying for the car rental. Also, if you're planning on using your rental car to get to and from the strip, you've now got the added expense of parking on the strip. So what are my personal thoughts on staying off strip? In all my trips to Vegas, somewhere in the area of 25 total, I've only stayed off the strip twice. First time was in 2013 when I stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel on a guy's trip. Property was nice enough and the amenities were awesome, but honestly, I hated the fact that I couldn't just walk out the front door of the hotel and be in the middle of the action. If I wanted to go anywhere on the Strip, I either had to hop in a cab and spend money on a five-minute cab ride or walk 30 minutes in the scorching July heat. The second time was in 2017 when my wife and I stayed at the Rio. We stayed there for two reasons. One, we had driven up from Phoenix for a quick two-night getaway, so we had a rental car with us, and I flat out refused to pay for parking. The Rio still had free parking. And two, I had zero desire to drive on the Strip. I've seen what the traffic is like, and I did not want to get stuck in that mess. For that particular trip, staying off Strip served us well. We only headed over to the Strip once for dinner and a show, and the rest of our time was spent at the Rio or nearby. We almost ended up staying off the Strip on our most recent trip back in December. We originally booked to stay at the Tuscany with plans to rent a car and spend some time touring around the city, maybe do some hiking in Red Rock or out by Lake Mead. Then I ended up with comp offers to stay at Caesars Palace, and honestly, who's going to turn that down? Certainly not me. So the big question, will I ever stay off Strip again? I live by the motto, never say never. So there's a chance I very well might. I have my eye on Red Rock Casino Resort and Spa over near downtown Summerlin. I've heard some awesome things about the property. Reviews are amazing and the location is great. So I would consider it for a future trip. I do have one big recommendation though. If you're a first timer or you're not a frequent visitor to Vegas, please stay on the Strip. I'm not going to say you'll be disappointed with your vacation if it's your first time there and you stay off the strip, but I suspect you will be. I have several friends who've made that mistake, and they ended up hating it, so much so that some of them haven't bothered to go back to Vegas. Now, a few of them have gone back, and after deciding to stay on the strip, they told me they had a much better time the second time around. As I said previously, the Strip is the Vegas you know and love. You've seen it on TV and in movies. It's the glitz and glamour. It's the big hotels and attractions. And honestly, I think it'll be a much more enjoyable trip for you if you stay on the Strip. That being said, absolutely go and visit some off-strip locations. Head downtown and visit the Mob Museum, the Neon Graveyard, and Container Park. See the Fremont Street Experience. Visit the old casinos and hotels. Stroll around and check out the street performers. But... If it's your first trip to Vegas ever and you want to hit all the high spots, stay on the strip. All right, I think that pretty much wraps things up for this week's episode of the show. Just a nice little short one for you this week. In the meantime, thanks for listening and helping to make the show as big as it's become. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify so you'll know the moment new shows are posted. And if you want to get caught up and check out links from each show, check out the archives at jeffdoesvegas.com. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number nine of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, a Walker New Media production.